Senator John Cornyn of Texas, a conservative in a tight race and close to GOP leaders, said this week that uh, describing his relationship with Trump, maybe it's like a lot of women who get married and think they're going to change their spouse and that never really works out well. Cornyn also said that this week Trump let his guard down and, as you're famous for saying, got out over his skis by playing down the threat of the coronavirus. So there's this trend right now where Republican senators and other lawmakers are trying to um, add some social distance between themselves and the president because things aren't going too well. But if we go to good old 538.com, uh, all spelled out, not the numbers, and look at uh, John Cornyn's Trump score, it's, it's oddly 95.1%. So do you think this distancing effort is going to work out? No. Yeah. Similarly, uh, did you? Uh, I posted it in the Slack. Did you listen to the Ben Sass thing, or did you see any of the coverage related to it? No. Yeah. Uh, from that, there was one key highlight that I do want to point out. So he said, uh, referring to Trump, he refused to treat it seriously for months. He treated it like a news cycle by news cycle PR crisis. Sass said in a conference call with seventeen thousand constituents. I'm now looking at the possibility of a Republican bloodbath in the Senate, and that's why I've never been on the Trump train. Ben Sass, of course, has voted with the president's uh, position on things over the past four years, 86.7% of the time. So definitely not on the Trump train. We've got... Didn't we say days. something last week about... Happy shows? At no, least starting that. the show. Oh, do we give up on that? Well, no, because we had that run where we just stole tweets from other people for five weeks in a row, and I felt like that was maybe we were going back to the well too many times. We took too many quick bites from the well. Is that an expression? Uh, that was a joke at Quibi's expense. <laughs> going back to the well too many times is definitely an expression. Wait, do, wait, do you... You've heard I, that one before? Yeah, I, I have, but then when you when you started saying that you were taking a bite out of a well, you kind of you lost me no, there. No, no, I was taking quick bites out of the well, not out of like the brick that makes the well. The metaphorical well. Okay, I still don't quite follow, but that's okay. It's funny because Queeby's going under. <laughs> I, um, are you are you trolling me when you call it Queeby? A little bit. Okay. I think I'm, I'm just trolling everybody, or but I but I but I don't troll it. It's it's all out of love. But anyway, so again, I'm not sure Republicans having a whole bunch of concerns all of a sudden is really going to um, alter the record and, and the trajectory of things. Oh, just just saying, I'm not sure it's really working. Because I mean, the only people who can kind of get by it are people like Mitt Romney and. Um, Susan Collins, because they've been. Oh, very... I really, I really hope she loses that her reelection campaign. Like, I, th I think they've all been extremely ideologically consistent with their uh, perennial concerns. And okay, I think now, it's all now, now you, now you are trolling me. No, this isn't. No, this isn't trolling. I think, I think, I think it's horseshit. But like, I, th I think they've been very consistent at being being vaguely outraged and uh, absolutely doing nothing that's within their power to alter um how things are going so i mean i i think you get point you brown you got brownie points for being concerned right we have to move on <laughs> what are you gonna do you're 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 very uh reserved you're not gonna say anything bad about susan collins 
Oh, no, I, I absolutely will. I hope she loses her <laughs> re-election campaign miserably. I, she needs to get booted out of office. I can't, well, yeah, but that's, I can't that's not her. bad. That's just truth. <laughs> There's nothing problematic about what you just said. Holding, holding tr- uh, truth to power, as you would say. Mm-hmm. So 12 days until the election. Um, it, see, it, it, I feel like all of these countdowns to election day, I mean, not to make this even more negative, are <clears throat> super misleading because... Election day is going to come and go and totally not be the end of Ryan, this story. Ryan, Ryan we, we, we've talked about this. One, it, it's it's going to be smooth. We, we talked about this three weeks ago. There's going to be a decision at, at 8.01 p.m. Pacific. Trump, honestly, I think he's just he's going to actually, it's going to be kind of like when you've already found a new apartment to lease and you actually like, you get the place professionally clean before you leave. Like, I think this is going to be real, real smooth because like he already drained the swamp. So therefore there's even less for him to take out when he leaves. So I don't know. I only say that cause I'm joking cause it doesn't matter cause he's going to get reelected and it's all going to be a goddamn mess. Quick, uh, Quibi, Quibi, <laughs> uh, 12 days. It's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a long month. I really do hope you watched because you've opted out. I'm, I'm sorry, we're not going to move off of politics. My 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 sincerest apologies. You have opted out of watching the last two, or you you didn't watch the town halls and you opted out of the last debate, right? Or did you watch that? No, I've I've seen the presidential debate and I've seen the VP debate. But the but the the, the dueling town halls you did not watch. I did not. No. Okay, that's probably for the best. Uh, because of what the commission on presidential debates or whatever the organization is called um they've they've talked about the muting thing i am actually going to watch tomorrow's like because i i kind of almost swore off of them because of the absolute train wreck is is too light of a word i don't i, I don't know a, a, a train barreling into a dumpster fire was what that last one was but with the muting thing i do feel like this next one is going to be worth watching I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to change anybody's mind because as we've gone through like the whole undecided voter this far in this calamity, like that's just that's not a thing. But I do feel like it's going to be worth the two hours tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. I'll be. I'll be watching it. Yeah. Um. What were we talking about? You want to start the show? Eh, not really. <laughs> kind, of, kind of sleepy. Um, okay, let's pull up the doc and let's see what we got. Um, wrong tab. Oh yeah. Concerned citizens. All right. So Quibi as of today, it apparently has explored a sale. Am I making this up that they tried to sell to Apple or was, did they try to shop some of their shows to Apple? Something, something Apple Quibi. A few weeks ago, right? I I think I mean, well, th- this is one of those funny things, right? Because whenever a company is looking to get acquired, you know, you'll often see this trend where all of a sudden there's this rumor about X company buying them, which is totally just a story, you know, kind of seeded by <laughs> the company looking to be acquired to to drum up more interest. So it, it's did you? Wait, did you already hear the rumors that Spotify is potentially looking to buy this show? Buy our show? 
Yeah. I'm, yeah, I can't. I can't. You're, comment. You're, you, I can't I'm, comment I'm, on air about that. I've been seeing you on those emails, right? I think they're offering two hundred million. Well, yeah, Bill, Bill Simmons, and I, we've been. <laughs> We've been having some consortium together. Yeah. 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 You're going to, you're going to be a guest on the rewatchables. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. So Apple and Quibi. So, so you feel that was just a rumor? Yeah. I, I think, especially with M&A stuff, it's, it, it's really hard to tell what's just kind of been planted out there versus what's actually happening. I, I think Quibi very much wanted to get purchased, but I just have a really hard time believing there was any serious interest. And I, I like I don't mean to kick them while they're down, but like it's one of those situations where I mean the service itself was extraordinarily flawed from the get-go. But also, as far as I'm aware, it's not like they have any super great proprietary technology or killer content. So they don't have the content, but they do have that portrait landscape technology, which actually has apparently uh, it's debated like they've been mired in a lawsuit with another company that may they may or may not have stolen the technology from. But you are right where they um, they threw tens of millions of dollars at talent as opposed to like that's been one of the things that's been on Twitter today is that they they spent all their money on on big name talent, but no, not like actual quality scripts and writing and ideas it's it's something that they spend like what like almost two billion dollars on and ultimately all they have to show for is some episodes of chrissy's court and a um liam hemsworth movie is he the one that that sounds right yeah anyway so it's coming to an end where today was it was kind of it was a weird compete like it it was fun to refresh tech meme throughout the day because the day started with uh quibi apps for apple tv launch and then um later in the day uh that meg whitman and jeffrey katzenberg posted a um you know one of those um what's the uh what's the term uh because there's a whole tumblr about these Uh, i can't find it but you know like whenever a startup winds down they always go on medium and they post a thing about like our wild journey or whatever Mm-hmm. And that basically means that hey, none of our creditors are getting paid. Yeah, Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman posted a thing on Medium. Uh, that was an open letter to employees and investors, um, saying that kind of the, the dream is dead. So actually, to um, make another Bill Simmons reference here, just to keep that going, sure. Um, he has kind of this funny bit sometimes he brings up on his podcasts or pods, as you would say, where he jokes about creating this consulting firm that NBA GMs could hire where like right before they're about to finalize a trade or finalize a free agent signing or something like that, they could bring what they're thinking about doing to this consulting firm and just kind of, you know, get them to, you know, opine on it as kind of just an independent kind of, um, second set of eyes. I feel like with Quibi, no matter like how much like market research they had or how much executive talent they brought on board, I feel like they they could have saved everybody a lot of time if they would have just even asked somebody like you and I like, "Hey, is this a good idea?" Because I feel like we would have instantly told them like under no circumstances is is this a 
concept that anybody is going to care about, let alone pay for. I we've we've covered this where I and I'm sure I've stolen this idea from somebody else, but it's the idea of no consulting, like where my job is just to be <laughs> to like just to no. red team the idea. Right. Yeah, because that's that that is one of my vital skills of just being the person that and and I and I feel like this may be a skill only in my own eyes, but who will tell you why whatever idea you have is not actually going to work. So yeah, so it's just the idea of yeah, no consulting. And I, I really feel like we've covered this in a prior I, I, episode. I, I was going to say that the second you said that, it, it really did start to sound familiar. But And I don't know if I, like this could entirely be an idea I stole from somebody else. But I, but I feel like we, we would be uh, primed and ready to do that, of telling you why your app is bad, you, that you have to take away. You have to, you have to go redesign it where not every confirmation screen says, got it. Like all, all that kind of stuff, we we could fix a lot of problems this way with our through our no consulting. Oh, the the oh, is the, wait the, is, the is no dot co uh, taken? <laughs> Probably. Do I want this in my browsing history? Wait, start no dot co is start dead batteries. Nope, closing this tab. <laughs> <laughs> to to go to circle back for just a second, we I'll I'll put this in the wait. Should I? Where are things supposed to go? Yeah, I think it's just in the DM. So what I was referring to uh, with respect to the Medium open letter that uh, Katzenberg and Whitman posted, yeah, there was a Tumblr uh, that used to exist, but nobody uses Tumblr anymore. It was called OurIncredibleJourney.tumblr.com, <laughs> where whenever a startup gets acquired, shuts down, or what have you, there will be a, um, a Medium post explaining why um, the company will no longer exist and how they're going to screw everybody that worked there. I'm sure that this very first example that's at the top that's titled, it's just the beginning. I'm sure that's a super common phrase throughout a lot of these. Well, yeah, that's, a, that's the thing. It's, it's always our incredible journey our, or the, like this, this idea doesn't end here. I assume they talk about product market fit. Um, I th there's a lot of stuff that's probably very, um, that you could run through like a TensorFlow machine learning algorithm that would just spit out a, a thing. Anyway, so yeah, the Quibi thing. Like, I, I, I didn't. I feel like Quibi was a was a an unnecessary punching bag for a while because like there's a lot of dumb um, Silicon Valley and entertainment industry ideas that get too much money and don't go anywhere. So I don't understand why it got so much hate. Like, I do think it was a bad product and that there was not really anything worth watching on it. But it feels like it it became too much i think the name probably didn't help where it just it became too easy to make fun of i don't know like it it it, it was it was bad but it wasn't there's a lot as as the past four years and actually we can brought it down like the past two decades of shown us there's lots of bad things and i don't i don't think the hate's always equitably distributed that's that's fair yeah i mean oh wait no i was, I was confusing meg whitman meg Whitman with Carly Fiorina, and I was going to make a printer <laughs> joke, but technically she did work for HP for a while, so it kind of could have worked, and I don't think anybody would have fact-checked it. <laughs> Darth might have. Wait, I feel like Darth is I've been breaking. off. Of, I've like, been off of Twitter for... You're not off Twitter. If, no, I am. I, is, is, is he, he's still doing okay? I f I f oh, you didn't, you didn't get the sus thing today? No, I, I, like, I'm seriously like, I'm, I'm off. I'm off Twitter. I, I'm really. You're, you're not. Nobody. Nobody's ever off Twitter. And I think I put enough in in the in in the in the Slack that makes that work. Well, our our roles have reversed. Where that's kind of what 
I used to do for you when you were supposedly off Twitter and, and now I'm still down to because like what what I feel like you should do, because I'm all about preaching when I don't actually have a solution to my own problems, is I I don't have any apps on my phones for Twitter. I only use it in the browser, and because it's so bad in the browser, you don't use it that much. I think it's a decent compromise, but but so a couple of Darth tweets I've faved today. One there was there was some meme going around or something about like there was gonna be NASA was gonna have news about the moon. And it was just like this really vague thing that happened. And then the headline was actually uh, Nokia is tapped by NASA to build the first cellular network on the moon. And then I really want to know, like, does Darth work in like this industry? Because when you put in who, like, that's a really funny joke. Um, And then there was one other one. It was this one. People have been using uh, sus spelled S-U-S. It's a young people phrase meaning suspicious, and uh, Darth had to Google what that was, and I found that really funny because it makes me think that Darth is, an ab- is about the same age as us. <laughs> and then he replies to himself saying, "Been trying to drop sus into my tweets all day, and it's just not going to happen. I just, I guess, you just can't force it or something." There's somehow I can set up Twitter where like all I see are Darth tweets, right? Yeah, it's called unfollowing everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Or alternatively, just go to twitter.com slash Darth. This is, this is an eminently solved problem. Okay. Um, or I can... No, it's it's too much money for a joke, but I, I could also just re- register Darth, Darth Twitter.com and it just redirects to his Twitter. <laughs> but I don't want to spend $15 a year on that, even though I do like Hover. Uh, my annual Hover bill is too much, but that's okay. So is this other this other Darth tweet where he says who is that in in reference to to Nokia yeah. Nokia or Nokia as you yeah. would say yeah yeah I just I, I just mostly I I knew the answer I mostly just wanted to uh, use the uh, Nokia joke because I don't I don't think we've gotten to use that in a while sure uh, and then to round this out Darth is um, wants uh, Bailey to get another burrito Bailey's a good dog um. Okay. Getting Wait, how do on. I get how do I get one of these dogs for Biden collars? You just go you remember didn't you send this to me? Like you sent me uh an Instagram thing earlier today and I think I think it was exactly this. Go to store.joebiden.com. Cuz unlike Apple, Joe Biden knows where, where people can go buy things. <laughs> $20 for a yard sign. No, I'm sorry, Joe. Yeah, you have to pay for the yard signs because I've, you know, I've. It, it, this isn't going to come as a surprise to you, probably, but there, there are quite a few of them in my neighborhood, and I just, I assumed that they just gave those things out, but you I actually, they, you have to pay for them. I think they do. This is kind of how I got on a bunch of DNC lists because I gave money to Elizabeth Warren. I like. I think anything they sell on the website is mostly a donation with just some random thing attached to it yeah okay that yeah okay that makes sense so you can if you want to get uh raisin bran a um a dog collar it's 28 dollars, and it's uh dogs for biden and oh and it's a, how 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 uh how liberal of him he doesn't even charge you extra for the large one that's nice <laughs> <laughs> it's very equitable thank you joe um i you, don't you think i would like, even would I even get this by election day, though? Probably not. 
I'm going to be so bummed if I don't get my 5e Fox shirt before election day. No, like, I, mean, I, think, I know. I know. I think they, they had a thing where you had to like order by a certain date because then they were going to, I think, ship out before election day. I thought that that was the whole thing. Well, yeah, you had, had to order by the 7th, but it's now the 21st and it still hasn't shipped. And the thing is Cotton Bureau ships out with USPS and, and they're under load right now. So. I mean, it's fine. I'm like, I, I still, I still want my five E Fox shirt, but it's gonna be, it, I, it would be nice to wear that on election day. What's going on with the post office? I, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, you can donate some money and you just get to run things. Oh, okay. Um, and then to round out the Joe Biden stuff, I don't like that he has a cat collar, um, and and what's printed on it is no meowlarky. No, I, triple, I, no, triple I thumbs don't. Down to that. I don't. Okay, I, I haven't, I haven't mailed in my ballot yet, so. I'm going to have to take that into consideration. Also, last bit on election stuff. No on 22. That's, yeah, that, that's where I've landed. Because I, I, I don't, I understand they're two horribly unpalatable options, but all the um, DoorDash and Uber and all of them are just doing such profoundly sketchy stuff. And the fact that you need a seven eighths majority to basically undo it. Like, I understand AB5 is just so horribly flawed. Like, they're not going to pull out of California. That's my my thought process is exactly that, where if, if Prop 22 gets struck down, there will there will be something that gets worked out between the state and these companies. These companies are not just going to completely pull out of California. I doubt that AB5 is going to be enacted into law exactly as written today. But I, yeah, I don't think these companies should be able to pay their way onto the ballot and, and basically write their own exemption. That that's that's where I've landed on that. Good. Um, I haven't looked at the polling. I don't want to because I there, like because they've just been like good, reliable polling on this stuff. Um, I mean, I mean not to get all problem. Nate Silvery on you, but no, that that would mean <laughs> no. I'm not I'm not going to slag five thirty eight today. Um, I feel like with even like. I mean, shoot, even with like congressional races, it feels like a lot of times there's just not there's just not a, enough high quality polling to be able to, you know, mm-hmm. get a good sense of where the race is at. Because it always yeah. feels like propositions like you really do like kind of wake up the next day and go like you really don't know what to expect. Yeah. I mean, we're we're one polling error away from Travis Kalanick being president. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So quick um, pulled forward uh pick uh chef special uh for anybody who hasn't mailed in your ballot shame on you but also please wait you've, you've mailed in your ballot i there's a dropbox in my you, you did that hold on you did that very recently don't don't wait what because huh? weren't we just weren't you just listening about the propositions on sunday wait no wait what what, what how why why am i in trouble Wait, well, because you're yelling at people like me who haven't mailed in their ballot yet. Like, you no, have. no, I'm saying because no offense, I'm probably gonna drag my feet on writing the show descriptions. So by the time this gets up on my, next Monday, it will be too close to election day. on On Wednesday, October twenty first, it's okay to not have mailed in your ballot, and I still need to drop mine off tomorrow morning. But I'm saying, if you're listening to this on, where's Fantastic Al? On Monday the twenty sixth, that's getting a little bit too close for comfort. Fair. Wait, are you, are you throwing shade at how long it takes me to post these episodes? What are you doing here? No, no, I'm throwing shade at the fact that I'm gonna be lazy and keep <laughs> uh, hitting the plus one day button on right show summary, where I I'm saying I'm the drag on that. <laughs> 
Mm. Got it. I don't know if you have a, if you have some guilty conscience where you're pro, where there's some projection going on, but I don't know. No, no, maybe, um, maybe a little bit. <laughs> it's okay. We're we're both we're both terrible people. <laughs> um. So yeah. So pulling forward a chef special in case you have not filled out or mailed out your ballot, but you're confused about all of these uh, propositions and the fact that. Uh, the state of California has this stupid, stupid system where uh, people who are generally not qualified to make policy decisions in a direct way are forced to make these choices. Um, you can listen to the Bay Curious podcast by Northern California Public Radio KQED, where they have made a bunch of uh, quick bite episodes uh, where they have it's called Prop Fest, where they make 10 to 15 minute episodes that explain every single proposition um, in very even-handed detail, talking about who's spending what on what, what it'll actually do, and what the arguments are for and against. And it genuinely helped me on a few of them. So yeah, so Bay Curious from KQED. People should go listen to that. So th- this is actually, I'm, I'm glad you made this your chef special, because this is literally the reason I have not mailed in my ballot yet, is because I, I want to listen listen to these just as kind of, like I already have my voter guide all marked up and I, I have what I think or how I think I'm going to vote on each, but I I want to give this a listen just as like a, a final check. Yeah. And it's nice that they tell, <clears throat> they tell you kind of, again, the spend differential. So you know, if one side has like a vested interest in it and who is supporting it. So if you're kind of still on the fence about it, you can be like, okay, Jerry Brown or the governor support this. So that's probably aligned with my interests and stuff like that. So. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, Uber has spent $1 trillion on this proposition, so maybe it's a little one-sided in their favor. Something like that. The sketchiness of where if you you take an Uber, every—so the last thing I'll say about this is that they've built into the app where if you take a ride on Uber and your driver has dismissed a notification that says— which which they have to dismiss every time they accept a ride, the rider gets pushed a notification that says, "Hey, your your um, driver encourages you to to vote yes on twenty two. And the only way for it not to be that way is for the driver to every time they accept a ride hit no. Like there's and there's uh, apparently there are DoorDash orders being delivered in separate bags that says yes on twenty two. Like the so much sketchiness going on it's 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 ridiculous anyway okay so yeah people should go vote democracy is a flawed system but it's all we've got whatever whatever (laughs) um follow up (laughs) okay (laughs) all right we are at 30 minutes okay let's let's bang this out all right so we previously talked in the past of since nobody's traveling anywhere um Rewards-based credit cards are increasingly um, a tougher sell, and we have both been people who have talked about the um, Chase Ultimate Rewards uh, Ponzi scheme, but um, and, we, and that we had a whole bunch of money tied up in these systems. But uh, I during earlier in the summer, they had a thing where you could redeem your Ultimate Rewards points, which are normally only available to be redeemed at the 3x multiplier. Um, if you were redeeming them for, tr- or sorry, earned at the 3x tr- uh, multiplier, but redeemable at a 1.5x multiplier, that was only available if you were redeeming it for travel. But since nobody can go anywhere, uh, they invented something called pay yourself back, where they would have categories of things that you could choose from. 
and purchases within the last 90 days, you could basically redeem as though you're redeeming them for travel. And one of the categories was home improvement stores. So you could pretend that going to the Centerfell Home Depot was like a vacation to Europe. <laughs> anyway, so I used that to pay myself back for an air conditioner, which I figured out this week can play you a song. And uh, you put this in here, and I don't actually remember what changed this week about this. Well, so um, so kudos to friend of the show, Troy, who who pointed this out to me because I we were on a Zoom call this last weekend, and I, I had mentioned this program, and he... And I had mentioned, well, you know, it actually had expired September 30th, and he real-time fact-checked me and, and found that it, it had not only been extended, but they've actually now made it so that any of these credit cards that Chase has, which kind of fall under the ultimate um, rewards bucket, which includes not only the Sapphire cards, but like their Freedom Unlimited card and their Freedom Flex card, etc., um freedom flex <laughs> I did. that sounds like a republican program it really does um those cards are now eligible for the the program as well um the the one and a half x multiplier is still exclusive to you know the the sapphire reserve card because it's got Good. you know the, or, the, the large what's the 454 yeah the large annual um, fee um, but you can at least um, now use these other cards. Although, if you really want to get scientific about it, which which I did not to an extreme, but a little bit, is you know to really maximize your points, you can still use the the. Because I have I have a couple of these Chase cards, and you can still use whichever card will give you you know the most points on that transaction. And yeah. then and you just know, do the you can just reward pay. swap. Yeah. Well then yeah. So then you can you can transfer points on the ultimate rewards system and then you can just pay yourself back for any other different purchase on your reserve card. But you know, the net net <clears throat> then is that you're you're really maximizing your point value. Do you remember when money was money? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember when we used to be able to, you know, like do things like go out to pico for dinner every once in a while and stuff like that no not really it's been a while <laughs> it's been eight months man that <laughs> feels like longer than that but yeah no it feels like way shorter like i i, I know it's it's the easiest dumbest joke that it, hey it's still march but like I, it do, it feels like the first couple of months were extremely long but I feel like the summer just kind of flew by. No, I'm I'm actually I'm with you. I'm with you there. Where March and April felt like they were in eternity, but it it does feel like since May things have things have gone by pretty fast. All right, I don't really know how this made it into follow up, but um, because um, well, I don't remember if we talked about this uh like natively on the show. Well, that's I mean, way to get John Syracusean on me about follow-up. But uh, no, I mean, this is just sort of like under the general umbrella of kind of what happens with most Apple events, which is there's the event itself and all the news that comes out of the event. But then there's sort of the the days and, and the week that follow where you start to get people's, you know, additional information that they're learning from Apple. And then you, you know, eventually get first impressions and reviews etc 
And so, you know, there are plenty of other podcasts where you can, you can hear about all that different stuff, but I don't know the one, the one piece that I kind of have been a little curious about, um, is the, well, so I guess to, to, to set the context here. So the new, the new iPhones have magnets in the back, which, which is for their, their make safe charging and also for some accessories. And one of the more kind of interesting accessories was this leather um, wallet attachment, which would just magnetically attach to the back of the phones. And I, I wasn't really seriously considering getting something like this, but I was a little curious how how well they would work. Uh, but apparently the answer is, is not very well. Uh, the, the magnetic connection to the phone sounds like it's not very strong, which seems like kind of the one and only thing you'd really want out of this thing yeah i i I mean i feel like the magnets are probably strong enough for what it's supposed to be i think this was maybe just a bridge too far or like a well too far where like this is just for something that like for a pop like because on upgrade mike was kind of thinking of like oh yeah like well magnetic pop sockets are up next because like he he loves his big phones and his pop sockets but like i think for the magnet charging and for like those silicone and leather like snap-on cases like i think those make total sense just because like the strength of the magnet fits the need but i feel like this was maybe just one logical leap too far where yes it stays on but when you start thinking about anything else it's just in practice it's there's no way a magnet would hold a wallet in like semi-permanent position that's also going to allow a wireless charger to gracefully detached like because i haven't used the magsafe phone charger but if you kind of think of how the um like the level of um attraction and attachment that the apple watch charger has like it's enough but it's certainly not like if you would never want to think that that would like hold an accessory to the apple watch right yeah it it, it, is also mostly i this is also in here because i wish there was a way that i could not have to carry a wallet i've you know i've been living the keyless lifestyle for the last couple of years and that's great but now the next thing is i would love to be able to not have to carry a wallet haven't i already gotten you on the bellroy like super thin wallet i've you know it's that i that wallet's okay i mean it's as good as it can be like like the problem is like we're just not I, i think the pandemic is the one silver lining at all is, is I think it's going to spur the adoption of like all the people who are dragging their feet about tap to pay. Mm-hmm. Like that is now a top tier consideration for most merchants. But the problem is going to be um, IDs. Yeah. Well, that and, and like transit cards and stuff too. Yeah, but the other thing is like it, whenever somebody says like, "Oh, well, like some state is uh, is piloting a uh, program where you can have your ID on your phone," that's that's terrible because n- not to, uh, I'm, I I don't commit crimes, but like, don't ever hand a cop your phone. Just FYI, right? Like, I mean, like just this, this like that that not having an id is going to be a problem that's not solved in the u.s for a very long time so therefore i don't get the whole like sometimes people are very very gung-ho on getting rid of a wallet but until like ids are no longer necessary like i just don't think we're going to get there i mean just get 
get to the point where most of your cards, if you need to carry multiple cards, are on your Apple Watch or in Apple Pay, and then just have like one to two credit cards, maybe like 120 bucks in cash, and like your ID. Mm-hmm. I think that's as minimal as anybody's going to get for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you still jazz about your about new iPhones, or is that worn off? Like, well, it, I'm kind of in this lame uh, phase right now, where you know the event was a little over a week ago, and I'm still two and a half weeks away from even being able to pre-order the phone that I want. Well, and then it's going to be at least another week after that until I actually, you know, get the phone. Or you could come back to. To the right side of history, <laughs> I for, I forget. Are you, or are you like totally in love with like Plus Club, Max Club, or like what? What was the biggest draw for you? Like, do you are, are you really on board really, with it? Yeah, it's it's really not complicated. I just I love the bigger screen, and you just don't use your phone one handed. Um, or do you have just like a, absurd stretch of thumbs? <laughs> I I mean I guess I have relatively big hands because. I I can use the phone with one hand if I need to. I don't do that a ton, I guess. Um, like your thumb can reach like the left side of the keyboard. Like you you can type W. Oh, the, yeah, the the keyboard for sure. I mean, obviously like the the upper corners requires a little bit of a shimmy, but I'm not doing that very often. Got it. I, I I hear you typing a show title. <laughs> no, no, I'm 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 just executing stock trades. Oh, twenty one. I'm I'm buying some Bitcoin. All right, got got it. Let's um, move on to follow up. <laughs> All right. Or oh, sorry, did you have anything else with that? No, I mean other than just to have you know the the annual first worldy complaint of I mean the other thing that's that's annoying about the iPhone pre order process is that as of a few years ago they've changed it so that it's 8 a.m eastern time and 5 a.m pacific Mm -hmm. um although 5 a.m pacific is actually not a ton earlier than than i'm waking up these days so it's not as big of a deal but but still jealous teach me teach you teach you what to how to how to get up (laughs) just to be sleep deprived all the time no that i have that down no done deal like so so that that's the uh that's the answer well yeah but that's that's not it, it the, the sleep deprived problem means going to bed at like two and then just waking up angry at like seven twenty-five, <laughs> and that sounded good anyway um again they seem they there's gotta they mean they need to make a Roomba like they make uh mopping Roombas but don't they make a Roomba that is like an alarm clock you have to run away from or that runs away from you think about it iRobot all right, so I think we can. Well, okay, so we're we're not talking about the remote work thing because this is running way longer than I thought, and it's um, we're uh, we're aiming for an hour. Do you remember two weeks ago when there was the whole fancy camera? Like they spent like twenty five minutes on it at the end of ATP, and I think this was two weeks ago. Do you remember this? Uh, well, so I, I haven't listened to this yet. I'll tell you why. Oh, oh well, then, okay, then we'll, we'll push this. Yeah, well, let, let's push this. I, I had that episode of ATP on kind of in the background, but they got to that section, and I really wanted to be plugged into it, as you would say. And 
I was kind of distracted, and so I, I paused it and wanted to come back to it. But here we are, and I, I still haven't. But but I do want to listen to that. It, it's not it's not going to make me regret having a separate camera, is it? No, it, it's it's that John is profoundly wrong. That case that they're they're all every one of them is wrong about everything they say. It's fine. Anyway, well, actually, let me use this as a very brief, uh, very very brief segue into how, how's your fancy camera ring? I I still really like it. I you know all of like you know my top I don't know top twenty thirty best pictures of the new housemate have have all been from the the fancy camera. Well, obviously, but yeah, but I mean, but that's you need to go uh, find us find a secure place to upload some high res pics. Because it, because Instagram resolution doesn't doesn't cover it for um for converting that. Can I can I can I this 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 is a safe space, right? Can I can I admit something though, which I've actually been wanting to kind of talk to you offline online about, but I'll, can I'll I guess just bring what it, it up here. Yeah, that you've never touched one of the raw images. Uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait. What else? Um. Actually, I don't know. I'm I'm still leaning on shooting in auto mode a lot. That's fine. Wait, like auto mode meaning P or auto meaning uh, aperture priority mode? <laughs> no, like auto meaning like auto. Like where's where's my camera? Like I mean, well, what's the? the wait ten seconds. Oh dear, I never knew. <laughs> I didn't know the Sony camera had an auto setting. <laughs> you're so smug (laughs) no i mean i I mean because because they have um on the little mode selector they have one called p which that is i thought that was auto where like the camera just decides almost everything but i didn't know it had like a straight up like you just push the button which is which is entirely fine i'm sorry i I mean no no disrespect whatsoever Well, no, but i i do i do really want to get away from that um well, the, the photos because i assume the ones that your wife posts of like the the, the monthly like baby pics oh yeah those are fancy all camera right of, of course yeah yeah i mean they look great I mean, yeah no yeah they do look good yeah so i mean you're, you're you're doing it right the one the 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 thing that i'm struggling the most with with the full auto mode is um focusing mm-hmm. because it only allows you to if it detects that there is a person in the photo it turns on the um the face the, detection right exactly and there's no way to modify that so there have been some cases where i want a little bit of a wider focus and you you can't achieve that through um this auto mode yeah and, and I know this is probably a, a lot to say, but the next time you have a free moment, and I understand that's difficult with you know tiny. Yeah, hands. let me let me look at my calendar. <laughs> it's fine. Just again, just put it put it in A, like which does not stand for auto; it stands for aperture priority mode. And then just leave basically everything else in automatic, and then that allows you to to mess with the focus settings a bit more. And then for the aperture, if it's if you want to like I mean, this, you've got the thirty five millimeter one point eight, right? I've I've got the two lenses you've recommended to me. I think I've recommended like eight. <laughs> well, I've um, I, I have the two lenses you the that two you recommended economic... to me that weren't like thirty two hundred dollars. Yes, um, and then just just put it in uh, in aperture priority mode, 
try some shots at 2.8 and 5.6. Those are the only two things you need to adjust. And depend as as long as it's daylight or not super dark, it'll turn out fine. Okay. But yeah, but go go find a spot to upload some higher res picks and yeah, I want I want to see how it's turning out. Yeah, you know, it's it's been I mean, the I mean the other unfortunate thing is that we're, you know, <laughs> so I bought that camera around Black Friday last year. Mm-hmm. And we you know, with the intention of, you know, having it ready for the new housemate. And, you know, we had about five weeks of, you know, normal times with her. And then it's it's been not normal since then. So haven't really been going a ton of places. It's fine. There's only there's only so many pictures of us in the backyard and at the two wineries that we feel comfortable visiting is what I'm saying. That's kind of all all the photos that I have from the past eight months. I mean, can't you take her to Disneyland? <laughs> Is that a you're doing a segue or it, it not really a segue more of just a throwaway joke because we're probably not going to get to that yeah, um, that's, a, that's a that's that's a rough story yeah so so keep again so for the lost carryover we'll kick it back another week so since just because you since you're the one that manages um or you're the custodian of um uh of the show doc keep those two things in there i will um, all right. Uh, let's talk about Tesla and let's talk a little about Descript and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, I, I, I do. I really want to talk about this first Tesla link. Wait, the, well, so I think today's news kind of shifts the, the balance, but no, no, no. I, one, I think the, I think the first one's more important. Sure. Um, you're, 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 you're the, you're the, the musk head. So let's, uh, yeah, let me know what's up. <laughs> Don't put that on me. Uh, <laughs> um, so okay, so to to recap, so we we've talked about multiple times on the show what a mess Tesla's autopilot packages are, and I guess to be a little fair to Tesla, technology packages on all vehicles is a little bit of a mess, but it's particularly a mess on Teslas, and they they've you know kind of wavered back and forth between the different options that they've offered, but. For a while now, basically what they've had is when you buy a Tesla, you get autopilot out of the box, which is, you know, adaptive cruise control and lane centering, essentially. And then you can opt into, quote, full self-driving, which gives you access to things like navigate on autopilot, which gives you a little bit of additional functionality when you're on the freeway. It gives you smart summon. It gives you this traffic light sensing stuff that they've been rolling out and allegedly will lead to full self-driving at some point. Well, it is now, but okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we'll get there. Um, but this story, which we'll link to in the notes, talks about Tesla exploring adding um, a feature which is really common in other (laughs) luxury cars, which is this bird's eye view, which is basically like a top-down view of the car, which, you know, helps you kind of get in and out of parking spaces, um, et cetera. And Teslas, you know, do not have this feature despite being equipped with a ton of different cameras and presumably everything they would need in order to make something like this happen. Um, But Musk 
who I think was answering a question on Twitter, which he he does a lot, said that this is something that they they are looking to add. And it, I, I guess there's also been some software leaks or something that have found references to this. Um, but the the important part to this story is that it sounds like this is a feature which is going to be locked to individuals who have purchased the full self-driving package. And so the reason why I think this is a really big deal is because owning a Tesla car is going to all of a sudden become way, way less exciting if all of the really great software features and updates you only have access to if you opt into their full self-driving package. Because that really is one of the best things about my Model 3 is the updates that it gets on a regular basis, which like really have like added some meaningful functionality and improvements over time. And if some of that really cool stuff gets locked behind this this full self-driving package, that's a that's a huge bummer. And really I think diminishes uh, the experience of owning a Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes, that makes sense where, cause you got it, Traditionally there have been, yeah, the, the, the three tiers where they're, and it's changed in price over time, but it's been either $0 gets you some basic safety features and just like lane centering and like auto steer or whatever it's called. Just like the basic autopilot. You have the mid tier one. And then there's been this vague promise where you're just kind of floating Tesla money. And I know we've, we've, discussed at length where you don't believe that's true but or you've proven that that's not true but basically you're paying for features that are, there's not really any in in like the four or five years they've been offering that feature there's been very little that's been actually delivered on that promise but now maybe because there's more pressure to actually do things with it that yeah a feature that like so many cars have which is basically just a standard 360 camera is now being locked away for something that's entirely software locked into the highest tier of like the tech package, which is kind of lame, especially for like, again, very unfancy cars have this, like as you go up the scale, like certain luxury cars have better systems for this, but like, it's weird that this is siloed away, um, at, at the highest tier. I don't know, man. Yeah, well, it, it's just, it's really disappointing that, anyway, it, and it shouldn't be surprising, but but it's disappointing nonetheless that Tesla is going to use this full self-driving package to, you know, well, they're, they're, they're going to basically trick you into upgrading to that package by leveraging these other features. No, that's well, just, but, that's too but bad. But also, like, who's, who's paying $4,000 for... Hey, I've got this kind of neat feature. Like, I mean, I, I find like, again, in my car, I, I love this feature. And it's one of the things like I, when I was looking for a new car, I was like, this, it, this is a must have, but who's making a $4,000 decision off a feature that helps you park in between the lines better. Like, I mean, that, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's extremely silly that something like this, that is a glaring feature omission for such tech forward car. And now it it's only available on this like amorphous feature set that is that is grossly underpromised and as we'll talk about in a minute will continue to underpromise and also probably kill some people. Yeah, so let, let's let's get into that. So set the stage on what's happening now. Well, so let me pull up the um uh Bezos post. 
I'm sorry. The Washington Post is great. Um, slow. Okay. Uh, so on Twitter, uh, I almost called him Michael Musk. Elon Musk said that um, FSD, full self-driving beta rollout, happening tonight will be extremely slow and cautious as it should. Huh. So basically this feature, which wasn't it, didn't they say last year? that city driving like they said before the end of the year that city driving full autonomous was going to roll out or did i make that up I, i've <laughs> i've lost track of all the number of times they've promised full self-driving was coming out yeah but like i mean it, <clears throat> i really feel like it, it that was promised last year but all the only thing that's come of it was that we got uh, not we but like but the, like the, the buying public got um like stop sign recognition and like what's the catch-all name for the the weird feature that a, like will stop at a stop sign it's got it's, it's it has a, a really weird name it's like yeah. i don't even i don't even know what it is full tesla st- stop sign stop and go at traffic lights or something like that uh, tesla stoplight and stop sign control yeah yeah basically it's, i mean so it it was a feature that got confused by roundabouts and was not really that much of an added benefit and that you had that would that would slow to a crawl at a green light unless you press the accel- like it it was a very um problematic and um not fully baked feature and that that's basically the fullest extent to which um any improvements towards full self driving have come out but now apparently that they will be rele- releasing in a very limited beta uh, to standard drivers who have no extra training or uh, agreements on how do they have to conduct an automobile. Apparently, they're just making cars that previously required a human driver to not to a degree. Like I assume they're going to have eight pages of legalese that says you indemnify tesla motor corporation blah 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 of fremont from ever being liable for the fact that you people somebody's gonna kill a bunch of people because there's gonna be a bunch of youtubers who are gonna go be in the back seat of the car and pretend to take a nap because like weren't you the one that sent me the thing of somebody had a sticker on the back of their model three that said hey my hands aren't on the wheel or something oh yeah i yeah i did you know like it's it's not gonna be great because i like the because Waymo and uh, and um, GM's cruise division, where you kind of see all those um, uh, Bolt EVs uh, all around San Francisco, like that have a much more appropriate array of lidar sensors all around the car, and have human drivers while they're training the vehicles. Those are logging millions and millions and millions of miles uh, on the road, whereas like Tesla is just now just gonna push out a release like and, and i don't think tesla's doing it necessarily in bad faith but like i mean i i i, I like i think i they hope that it's going to work but like it's it's not yeah like they're, they're just they're just putting it out there and I, I you made the point and this is something we've talked about in the past a lot where cars go through so much regulation for every possible feature before they get released onto the market and the fact that Tesla continues to ch- uh, substantially change the way their cars drive and operate through remote software releases 
it's really weird that they have that ability and that that is even legal, especially for a feature like this that is definitely going to cause accidents and possibly loss of life. Yeah, it, it's been one of those things I've been meaning to kind of dig into at some point, which is trying to understand what the laws and regulations are around stuff like this, because I would, I'd find it really surprising if, if there's just literally nothing that governs over the air software updates for cars. Like that seems like a big miss. Um, if there's not, cause it really doesn't feel like car companies should be able to unilaterally ship out software updates that fundamentally change the way a car operates without going through some type of approval process first. Yeah, because otherwise, what is all the scrutiny that's put on the car before it's let on the road in the first place? If ultimately exactly. Be, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, but then, then like, in a, like a, in a super extreme example, like what would prevent a company from shipping a car with, you know, like a bare bones software package and then, you know, day one pushing out something that's got all this crazy stuff that's you know, not ready. Well, I mean, is there a services component to it? <laughs> yeah, Tim Tim Cook is listening. He's listening. Yeah. Hey Tim. <laughs> um friend of the show. Yeah, so there's not a whole I don't I'm not sure there's a whole lot to say here yet, other than that this is going to happen, but like I not that the California government is already super strained, but like I mean, I assume that if this gets any broad release that it'll get like legislated out of existence like the government has to right i would i would think so because wasn't like because the fact that waymo now has a bunch of like they're fully operating their um robo taxi service in um somewhere in arizona and there are now a bunch of waymo taxis um in san francisco but i think those still do have human backup drivers and i think the california dmv approve something with GM crews where I think for um in certain cities under certain type of supervision they don't actually need somebody in the driver's seat. Like yeah, I, I this something has to happen here, but I as of right now I'm not sure there's a whole lot more to say about it. And then do you have anything else that's urgent this week or just uh a quick thing on Descript? No, I I wanna hear I wanna hear about Descript because I'll I'll admit that outside of what you've sent me, I've not heard of this. Yeah. So, you know the guy who made Groupon? Andrew Mason? I I, mean, I know what Groupon is. I don't know who Andrew Mason is personally, though, no. Yeah. So, th- there's uh, Andrew Mason's the guy. Yeah. He, so, he was the founder and CEO of Groupon. He also made a cool, one of his second acts was he made a thing called Detour, which was um, self-guided audio tours of various cities, which he then sold to Bose, and then Bose promptly shut down, which is kind of a bummer. But um, yeah, apparently his like second or third act is that he is making he he founded and is guiding a team to make uh, audio and as of today video editing. But that's not something that really appeals to me. Um, it's a tool where similar to otter.ai it can either record live audio or you can throw um like an audio file at it it will use computers 
well, like what, what doesn't use computers, but it'll use technology to transcribe the audio into text. But one of the key features of Descript is that it allows you to edit the audio and uh, as though you're just editing text. So one of the features that it has, um, and again, unfortunately, I just randomly picked like the first section in our sh- in one of our recent mm-hmm, shows mm-hmm. that <laughs> that had because uh, it has a thing called a filler word detection, and I was like, okay, let me just throw let me throw episode two thirty seven in there, and then one of the early parts was um, it was one of your sections and had a lot of stuff in there, but apparently you can just like take out duplicate words and like just like you're editing a, a word document. And it is smart enough to know how to edit the audio where it sounds entirely natural that you have modified it in certain ways, which is which is really, really neat. Um, and it is definitely a step up above what otter.ai, which was a previous chef specials pick, because I was I was like, hey, I'll 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 pay $30 for a few months to kind of have a searchable archive of everything we've said on this show, just because like we, we eventually have to send it to the national archives for posterity. But like, I mean, this, this is really, really, really cool for what it is and what it does. But the reason why I tried it is because, um, Adam Lissagor of sandwich video, he has a new show called all consuming uh, a new podcast where he and somebody who writes a, a popular like Substack newsletter, they just try a new, they try and review a new direct to consumer product every week, which I mean, it, it's a good show. I like it. I'm not, it's probably not for everybody, but the way he was promoting it is that he shared what was called an audiogram, which is a little thing that you can export out of Descript, which, um, do you remember there's a thing that this American life did called shortcuts? Do you remember this? No. It was a thing where, um, uh, so yeah, if you Google shortcut this American life, it was a thing that they had invented a couple of years ago where they were trying to find a way to share snippets of podcasts through social media. And it allowed them to upload like a small video that had an audio clip of a part of this American life. But it also had the transcript going along with it. And that's kind of what uh, Descript knocks off here with uh, audiograms, where you're able to, since Descript will automatically transcribe all the spoken audio, you can have like different themes. And I uh, I published a couple of these in the Slack, and you can pick one of them and just kind of maybe throw it on Imgur or something. But it matches up an audio clip that you can choose like to the word. And it creates a little video that it shows the transcript of what's being said alongside the audio. And the reason why I think that is so cool is that frequently when I'm on Twitter or I'm browsing the web or something and somebody is sharing audio content, most of the time I'm not going to go put on headphones or go to a quiet environment to listen to it. But if it's a video that happens to have subtitles, I'll just watch it on mute. And that is something that this feature enables, which I think is really, really cool. And it feels like kind of a logical extension to the um, share clips feature that Overcast has, where that allows you to take 45 seconds from a two-hour podcast episode and share it with somebody else that greatly reduces the friction of discovery of podcasts. But with this, if we were wanted to tell people like, hey, go check out our show, but like 
you can't really say, hey, there's a funny part 32 minutes in. But also, like, if you were, you were going to share it on Twitter, it's so cool to have a transcript that somebody could see while not actually having to listen to it. So I don't know. I like I'm all for anything that makes podcasts more discoverable and accessible. And this is just like a really, really cool feature. Even though like this is this is using one percent of a very powerful tool, I, I think it's it's really, really neat. Yeah, I as you've been talking, I've been kind of trying to figure out if this is something that um I might be able to use for our show. Um Jason Snell's actually written about it. And for conversational stuff, he says it, it it's kind of tough. But for like what he's been doing with um, 20 Max for 2020, I guess he, he's been using it for that and has really liked it. Yeah. I mean, so if, if yeah, I see the thing on Six Colors. So if you can throw a, a link to that in the show notes, that'd be great. But yeah, like it it seems cool. And the, and the uh, speaker detection uh using uh like cloud computing and i don't know if it's ai or language processing or whatever you'd call it like it's really smart at detecting who is speaking um yeah i mean like it's just really neat the only thing is it's kind of pricey so it's 15 dollars a month for um like their mid-tier user plan and 30 for the high one so like for somebody who relies on this more for their business it would make more sense but um, like, I mean, I signed up for a month on the $15 plan and I'll keep playing around with it because it does have a couple of other features, um, one of which we'll talk about next week, which is called Overdub, um, that is very intriguing. And don't Google it. I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, like I, I this might be worth keeping around just to share brief clips of things because it, it's, it's like it's the next logical version of that feature from overcast yeah i don't know it's, it's it's very neat and the fact that you can the only concerning part is that it's so easy to edit um and clip out parts of audio where it doesn't sound edited that kind of from like a fake news perspective makes me a little nervous yeah for for what it's for what it's worth that's not terribly difficult to do in logic today Oh sure, but it, the fact that it's just so easy, yeah. Because logic first, you have to turn, figure out how to turn off the metronome. And <laughs> every time I open it, that's that's my main thing, and you can't get it to tell you how many seconds are in there. It tries to tell you how many beats somebody's talking to. I don't know. <laughs> how long did it take you to learn how to use logic for what you need it for? You know, one never really stops learning how to use logic, Carlos. Um... Uh, no, it, it's so I had been using GarageBand before that. So that's actually where most of the learning came. Logic is kind of just a souped up version of GarageBand. It it was probably a couple of months before I started feeling really good about it. Hmm. Cool. And you still know how to how to bounce things appropriately. I do, and I I I've a um I'm a devote follower of the Jason Snell um, strip silence. Um, editing method so does that does that mean that you are cutting out dead sections or that you are just merely making sure they don't sound like anything i'm cutting out dead sections which then allows me to very quickly identify areas where we may have talked over each other hmm interesting okay 
cool so yeah so there might be some more follow-up on this next week but yeah it, it's it's really cool and if you're somebody who wants to play around play around with audio editing they've got a seven day free trial and it's it's worth signing up for a month with um and i i might keep it just to to be able to to make cool clips yeah the, the clips you've sent me have been been really really cool yeah yeah our show's hilarious yeah sometimes <laughs> selling it all right uh chef specials yeah let's do it uh, so i'll send you uh the traditional amazon link in the thing <laughs> so the context for this mm-hmm. is um you know been drinking a lot of espresso lately as as one during a pandemic with a newborn child does and um you know i i have the thing where you you know you open the bag and then you fill the bean hopper on top of your breville barista express but then you've got this you know bag of of coffee beans that you then have to store until the next time where you have to fill your hopper so you know i historically have have kind of you know rolled up the bag the best i can and then like put that into a ziploc bag and have gotten you know most of the air out of that as a way of trying to preserve those beans as as good as i could but i thought well you know this is a little bit clunky there's got to be a better way of doing this um and so you know whenever you have a kitchen based need the first place of course you should look is um oxo or i guess oxo as you would say and they have a line of um pop that's that's all caps containers that come in a ton of different shapes and sizes. Um, the one that I've sent you, I chose mostly for the shape because it's it's kind of narrow and tall, which works for our pantry cabinet. Um, and so, yeah, this is a kind of an airtight food storage container that that just it works really well. It's super easy to open and close. You know, I, I'm sure. You know, it's it's not as good as like vacuum sealing coffee beans or whatever, but but for my purposes, this is this is really good. Yeah, I, I remember looking at these when I was uh, replacing a whole bunch of dry food containers, um, and I ended up going for the Rubbermaid Brilliance ones. And I but I remember the a wire cutter was kind of waffling between these, where um, these had a better like freshness seal. Um, but their only knock was them that they tended to break if you dropped them. But they look very, very pretty, as um like almost all OXO stuff does. And I do like their um example here of just throwing a bunch of kind granola in there. Yeah, and it, it this this pop series, which I guess the River Bay one probably does too, um, is great because it literally comes in a million different sizes. So you can really kind of find the the right one for you. Yeah, neat. Um Oh, and it's nice. It ships and sold by Amazon. Because whenever you get this kind of stuff, it, a lot of times you get it from some funky seller and you can't tell no, if it's legit I'm, or not. You know, it, that's actually, I'm in a rhythm now with Amazon where that, that is something I really look for and validate before I order anything. But it, I wish they allowed you to search by that. Because you can see the stuff that's Prime eligible, but I just want like, no, I only want to buy directly from Amazon. Right. You, you, think it, you think it'd be in Amazon's interest to do that, but... I, I think they kind of like the whole like app store model where like they kind of like you do all the work and we just take 30%. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Tim and Jeff are what, two, two B's in a, 
two peas in a pod. Um, this is a holdover from last week, but I totally forgot to mention it because this is kind of what made um, the road trip I took uh, terrible on the first day and then much better on subsequent days, which is offline Google Maps. Mm, yeah, this, this is a good one. Yeah, like it, this is not a new feature and I've used this several times in the past, but uh, on the first day I was in Yellowstone, um, you know, uh, in an expansive uh, mixed terrain national park, oddly. Even on Verizon, coverage not good sometimes. No, uh, no five G ultra band out there. Ultra wide band. It's a trademark. <laughs> um, no, there's not. Uh, they don't. The the bison are not like roving hotspots. Mm. It's just it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I got I didn't get lost many times, but like I just was not able to uh, get directions frequently when I needed them. Um, so the second day, uh, I thought. Oh, yeah, let me actually make uh, map out a area where you can get offline maps for it. And the nice part about offline maps is you can still do entirely offline navigation. Like you can actually create routes. And of course, it doesn't have real time traffic data, but you can still get like turn by turn uh, voice guided directions if you have zero cell phone service. Um, so, yeah, if you're ever going to a remote place where cell coverage might be mad or might be bad. Uh, don't get mad uh, to make sure that you actually download the offline maps because otherwise you will be really, really fucking mad <laughs> like I was. 